Well, everyone, we're going to take a one Sunday break from our series, Knowing Jesus Through the Old Testament. We will continue that next week. Knowing Jesus Through the Old Testament Law is what we're doing next week. But um, this morning, we're going to take a, a, a detour actually to find our way, ironically phrased. I want to thank each of you this morning for being here. For I want to commend you for coming to invest in your spiritual journey to finding the next step on your path. There are a lot of places you could have been this morning, a lot of things you could have done this morning, and I think uh, you chose to come here. You chose to come here to see what God may have for you, what next step you may take. I think you're to be commended for that. I think uh, it, it was wise. Of course, I think it's the right thing to do, particularly for those of you who aren't sure about all of this, to come and explore and see if this might have the peace that you sense missing. Very courageous for you to do that. So here we are on our spiritual journey, and yet often when we're here, we sense that maybe our spiritual journey also requires something more of us than coming here and warming up a seat for 75 minutes Sometimes that feeling will come to you when you're outside and you experience the wonder of nature. I think of our uh, men on the men's retreat right now. They're probably uh, by a river right about now putting together some sort of worship or prayer service. And you're out there and you see how huge and amazing the natural world is. And then you have this question, what connection can there be between a God who makes such an amazing universe and showing up the church and listening and leaving? Sometimes we sense the disconnect when we see the disaster and the tragedy of the world. And hasn't there been so much disaster and tragedy in the last several weeks? The need of this world that's so great and our ability to, to help, it is within our grasp. So how can coming and singing songs and hearing some announcements be an adequate response to the condition of this world? Sometimes we sense it when we see the wonder of children, you know, uh, your own child or someone else's. You think about yourself as a child. Each of us a miracle meant for something. Now, how does showing up to church once or twice a month come close to helping kids reach their full spiritual potential? And yet, are we saying that all we really have to do to work out our spiritual journey is to come to church, sing some songs, throw a dollar in the plate, listen to somebody talk, we hope, for just 30 minutes? I don't think so either. I don't think so either. And yet you can run too far to the other side. You can say, well, if this isn't it, if this isn't accomplishing it, then, you know, why are we here? Maybe, maybe don't come to church anymore. Now, some of you have tried that. I tried that. So we're kind of chuckling because we know that's a non-starter too. That, you know, you try it. You think, oh, okay, I can be spiritual out in nature. I'll find something to do that, that seems spiritual. And you know how that goes. After about two weeks, you're just mowing the grass on Sunday and going to breakfast at Ginger Sue's. Um, th that doesn't even pretend to be spiritual. It lasts like 14 days or less. So some of you are chuckling. You've done it. I've done it. I think what we're doing here this morning uh, is a doorway. I, I think something does begin here. Uh, the announcements into church life, the worship through singing and the Lord's table, the offering that we, we gave, the sermon that you're hearing. I think all this stuff is like the, uh, the video that you watch when you go to the state park. Have you ever done this? You go to a state park. You're there to see a wonder of God's creation. And, but first, you've got to be herded in and watch this video. 
Now, you watch the video so that you know the history of where you are so you can fully appreciate what's happening. So you can see the wonders, so you know what to look for and where to go. Otherwise, while you're there, you may miss the most important parts of of this particular place. Um, You go there so you know what's safe to do and what's not safe for you because your first instinct may be don't pet the bears, but pet the buffalo. But the video tells you the buffalo kill way more people than the bears kill. So don't do that. So the... The video, the orientation of the state park, so important, yet it is not the state park itself. I hope you wouldn't take your family and watch the video and go, see, that's Yellowstone, kids. Let's go and do the next thing. This is an orientation of the kingdom of God. Not the kingdom of God itself, but without this, what will you really be able to make out of the kingdom of God? So I think we're here in the orientation. Now, we talked a little bit about not attending the orientation, just trying to do something on your own, which we said doesn't really get you anywhere on your spiritual journey in most of our experiences. The cost of doing nothing on your spiritual pathway is very, very high. That's why I'm commending you who chose to come here to try to take a next step. To do nothing on your spiritual journey leaves you distant from God. It leaves you confused about the Bible. You become the type of person who can lead to believe almost anything about what Scripture says just because someone on the TV or the radio or a social media post said it. Doing nothing with your faith Uh, leads you toward being an undercover Christian. Or maybe even worse, the type of person that too many people know you're Christian because you make awkward religious conversation everywhere and you post troll comments on the internet that do more harm to the body of Christ than they often do any good. This is a big claim, but it's true. Failing to grow spiritually can lead you toward a profound isolation. Our culture, I think, right now is built Our culture is built to lead you away from friends, toward eternal singleness, toward divorce, toward estrangement from your own kids. If you do just what our culture tells you to do every minute of the day, this is where you will land. You'll work a very long day. You will come home, turn on the TV, but not watch it. Get out your phone and flip through stuff and eat some fast food. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, that was my whole last week. It's happening. Some of you are sensed you're drifting that way. You catch yourself like, what, what is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? What is this I'm eating? That's not even food. It wasn't even that fast. Um, <laughs> you sense it. You sense it. If you don't have Christian principles and just follow culture, you'll wind up completely frustrated and alone, unconnected with God, nothing bigger than your life than yourself, no purpose. So somewhere down the road, you decide to do more with your faith and you begin to sense there's something more to do than just come to a Sunday morning worship service. So what's next? Now, if you ask the what's next question of a pastor or church leader, you will not be met with a blank stare. Oh, yeah, let's roll back. You will not be met with a blank stare if you ask the question of a pastor or a church leader, what's next? you'll actually be met with a flood of suggestions of things that you do, like attend a Sunday morning worship service. But you should also attend one and serve in one. Use the gifts you have, for instance, to hang out with the youth group, but also hang out with them outside of church to invest in their life. Go to the graduation parties. Don't forget to have a date night with your spouse, also with your kids. And uh, don't forget family fun night and eat your meals together. Uh, but, But cook those meals. It's cheaper and it's better stewardship. Don't forget to pray with your family. Take trips and family vacations to the state 
apart, not just the video. Do your kids in activities? You should do that. Go to a pilgrimage to China, to Haiti, to Jamaica. Uh, attend a trivia night to help raise money for charities like Prodeo, Didn't Liberia, Veronica's Voice. Have a quiet time in the morning. If you don't know how, come to Lectio Divina. We'll teach you how. Read uh, your Bible over the course of one year. Don't forget men's ministry breakfast or women's ministry game night. Have a day of solitude. If you don't know how, we have retreats to show you. Take a class, marriage class, parenting class, listen to my life class, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Sit down with your family and do that family budget. And don't forget the holidays to observe Epiphany, Lent, Holy Week, Lakeland Camp. Hang into the greens, the Hope Center, the Thanksgiving banquet, Advent, Christmas Eve. Be in a small group. That's where real life change happens. But hang out with the people in your small group for fun, not just for study, and visit them when they go to the hospital. And do life together and go to each other's kids' games and plays and concerts and be supportive when their parents or grandparents die. Attend the funeral. Plan a camping trip together. Have fun. Invite new people to Lakeland over to your house for dinner. Mentor someone. Be mentored. See a counselor for those problems, a uh, spiritual director, uh, go to Mercy Street Saturday nights, 5.30 for your hurt, your habit, your hang-up. Don't forget to serve in respite care because parents with special needs kids, they've really got it hard. And don't forget your full-time job that you must maintain, work as if for the Lord and not for men, and exercise your body as a temple. There's no reason for anyone to feel stale in your spiritual life. There's more than three lifetimes worth of stuff up there to do. So I just have one question. Where do you want to get started? Whoa, some of you are saying. I think I'll, uh, think I'll just sit here for a minute. And I will think that over till something comes to me. And often that is the end of our spiritual journey. We do nothing until we just sort of fade away. Not because we had too few options, because we were paralyzed by too many. But the truth is, is that no one ever attempts to do all those things all at once. Okay, I know some of you did try. But it was exhausting, right? I can see your eye is still twitching from those years. Um, thankfully, over time, you settled down and you have found the things that are right for you. It's actually not bad to try everything for the first year or so. You meet a lot of people that way. But it's not sustainable for very long into your life. For the long haul, you need a different path. There are seasons of life. There are seasons of life. So when you don't have kids, many of you know this already, you don't have to make an extra effort to spend time with kids. When your kids are grown and out of the house, then you aren't their taxi service driving them around to activities all week long. I remember a season of life in my early 20s when it seemed like I was attending and up there on the platform in a friend's wedding almost every month. We, back then, we had a budget item in our budget for wedding gifts, tuxedo rentals, and bridesmaid gown purchases, which isn't a purchase, it's an investment because a bridesmaid's gown can be worn again and again at all sorts of activities. Now, those cruel people are laughing, but they're not laughing at your wedding because at your wedding, those bridesmaid dresses were good enough to wear over and over again. They're laughing at other people's weddings, so don't listen to those haters. All right. After that came the baby showers. And then helping people move. And you learned which of your friends are capable of putting small objects into a box and which aren't so much. 
And now I'm in a season of life where you're attending each other's plays and choir concerts and kids' sporting events. Whatever comes after this season of life, I don't know what it is. But the point is, is that these seasons do not overlap. Thankfully, life did not demand that I do all those things all at once. And the same is true of your spiritual life. There are ages and stages of your spiritual development as a Christian. And when you know which stage you're in, then you know of all the things the church is offering, what you should do. We call this milestones. So I want to go back to the state park analogy. So you're out there hiking, right? And think of the state parks that aren't very wooded, so they don't really have trails, so to speak. You're just kind of out there. Well, when they don't do that, then they have these stacks of rocks called a cairn. Sometimes they'll put a little flag on top that blows in the wind to catch your eye. It's their way of saying, Rome, go free, but go from cairn to cairn, please, so that you're not lost and don't require a rescue team to come find where you've wandered off to. Go from cairn to cairn, and it will keep you on the pathway, then, and it will help you see all that there is to see. Spiritual life is like that. When you're new to the faith, there's a cairn for that. When you're learning about God and the Christian life, there's a cairn for that. When you're ready to serve and build a ministry and change the world, there's a cairn for that. When doubt comes to you and tragedy strikes and you're worn out from all of that, there's a cairn for that. And when you're ready to give your all, having discovered your true self, there's a cairn for that. There's a milestone path to walk through that season. From your first breath to your last, there's a path. There's a path. So we've made a video here uh, to describe this idea of a milestone path. And I know we watched it probably recently, but, but we're talking about it this morning. So let's watch this again together. With a clap of thunder, God saved Samuel and his people. Samuel gathered the people and raised an Ebenezer, a pile of stones. It represented God's help to this point, And surely this help would continue. Surely they are on some sort of path, an adventure with the Most High God in a promised land. Like the ancient Israelites, God is calling us to adventure, to walk with Him. But this path is not without struggle. It can feel like it lacks direction as it felt to the Hebrew people. It is important to come together, to remember, to raise an Ebenezer and say, look what God is doing. At the milestones, we reorient together. We gather tools to prepare for the next leg of the journey. We might gather and reorient around the Word of God. We might take a season to slow and pray, seek clarity, We might discuss the needs of the church, remind ourselves of its mission, and take action. We remember the poor. We remember compassion. We gather with friends that are in similar places of the journey. We share what we have learned on our journey with those that are just starting out. We take a season to stop and take notice, to awaken our senses to the beauty of God's creation. At each milestone marker, 
We gather, we learn, we reflect, we grow, and we move closer to Christ to live in this world as we ought to live in His image. These are our milestones where we say God has helped us this far. Surely He will continue. So I'm here to tell you this morning about a new milestone uh, that's starting in just a few weeks. This milestone path is not for everyone, so listen closely as it's described. First of all, it's a class. It's a class for folks who want to learn about the Christian life. It's a class for those who want to learn about the Christian life, specifically what do Christians do in our day-to-day living? What do the stories of Jesus and the parables of Jesus mean in my everyday life? Do I have talents and abilities that God wants me to use in this world? How can I share what God has shown me with friends and family I care about without being offensive or awkward? What does a Christian parent do? What does a Christian spouse do? What does a Christian friend do differently than anyone else who has those relationships? And how do you pray? And when do you pray? And what do you pray for? This milestone is those who say, I want to know what to do, how to walk a path that leads me to God and away from the distractions of this world. And when you walk this milestone path, it frees you from trying to do everything that was on that list earlier, but it also frees you from the nagging feeling that you're really not doing enough. So Pathways is our next milestone, and it will get you moving away from being confused by the parables of Jesus and, in, and toward an understanding of what he's trying to tell us about the kingdom of God. Pathways will get you moving away from feeling useless in the church and toward contributing to the family that you are a part of already. Pathways will lead you away from being an undercover Christian toward being the type of person who makes people want to say, you know, if all Christians were like you, I'd become one too. The type of person who gets asked at work, tell me about your church. Because the first time they found out you went to church, they tried to ignore that awkwardly. But after getting to know you, there's something different. And now suddenly they want to know, hey, tell me about your church again. This is a big claim, but it's true. Pathways lead you away from friendlessness, away from divorce, away from estrangement from your children, toward a deep relationship and a deep abiding love the reason God gave us those relationships to begin with pathways leads you away from an empty cold connection with God into a regular meaningful prayer that will begin to build an actual two-way communication between you and your creator now again it's not for everyone If you're already in touch with serving and with spiritual gifts and and you would rather start a ministry than serve in a ministry that already exists, you're ready to go with God's call. Then we have a, uh, a milestone for you that will come out in the first quarter of next year. If you're in a place that feels way beyond everything we've talked about this morning, a place that after years of belief now may include deep doubts, or a feeling of being absolutely stuck or buried under a tragedy, uh, there's a milestone for that, and it is coming soon.
But if you're someone who took Origins last year, there was like 80 folks who took the Origins class last year, and you liked it, Pathways is probably for you. It's not designed exactly to follow Origins, but it is designed for folks who are in that same stage of faith. So we asked some folks who took Origins last year if they'd come share what they got from that milestone, since it is so similar in purpose to this milestone we're talking about today. And Heather Kostelnik has said she would come to share. So let's welcome Heather. Good morning. I attended the Origins of Faith milestone in the fall of 2016. Origins is right in the middle of that stage of faith where you aren't necessarily new to the faith, but you want to learn more about following Jesus. And I kind of feel like I'm there in my spiritual journey. I was curious to see how much I would already know and also wanting to learn how I could move forward. I was new to Lakeland at the time, and I didn't know everyone yet. I ended up getting connected to a couple new people who I see now when I come to church and do Lakeland activities, so extra bonus there. The class was about an hour and a half presentation with discussion that was held once a week for five weeks, and it was a really fun teaching format with an opportunity to practice and share with those around you. Here's what I discovered on my milestone journey. I learned that I did know a lot about the Apostles' Creed, but had never dug that deep into it. It was presented in a unique way that helped me identify with the writers of the creed. Also, I discovered how we can glorify God in practical ways every day. Jason actually shared a story when, kind of a process when he puts his little one to bed and how they spend time together and um, he actually recognized him and called him daddy. And then the process of trying to get him to go to sleep and holding his hand in the crib and falling asleep outside of the crib while that was happening. Uh, And then his older sibling uh, catching his uh, dad in the act and then actually mirroring that and the dad catching the older sibling providing that love for the little one. So it was really cool on how you can do that. Um, And it really moved me because it showed me Uh, a way of simply recognizing that he is our father and then watching our children or anyone else do the same by modeling our behavior, and that's truly glorifying God. I was also presented new things about how my story fits into the the story of God. There was a really cool discussion about fractals. I got to learn about that and what it relates to with that. Um, I left with a different perception of the Bible, and how the words within it are completely legit. It answered my questions of how the word of God can be the actual words God said, tracing them back through time, and then understanding how we, the church community now, by studying these words together with the power of the Holy Spirit, we learn how to live by those words. Finally, I took with me uh, that my story that I'm creating right now that God is leading me through every day, well, that it's totally his intention and his design to write it, create it, along with me. So in my milestone journey, uh, it inspired me to keep creating and see how God works in it, and I look forward to a lot more. Thank you.
Here's what we hope for for our milestone journey, that we'll have a lifelong spiritual journey here in this community for everyone. There's nothing worse uh, than inviting a friend and hearing them say, uh, your church is great for people who are new to the faith, but I need something more mature. And there's also nothing worse than inviting a friend to church and hearing them say, well, your church is, uh, well, it's interesting. Um, okay, I just couldn't understand it. I just couldn't understand what anybody was talking about. I like my TV preacher. Uh, I can understand what he says. I need something for beginners. There's nothing worse than inviting your friend to church and hearing them say, you know, everyone there seems so happy and I'm really happy for them, but I'm going through some stuff right now and I just can't be in that kind of environment. Milestones tries to ensure that there's a place for everyone here. Do you know how very, very hard that is to do? To try to ensure that there's a place for everyone. And yet, once you recognize and admit that there are people who are new to faith, there are people who are not new, but they uh, haven't, they want to grow. A lot needs to be tended there. There are people who are raring to go, ready to, to make a difference in the name of Jesus in the community. There are people who have been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, and they're on a hard time right now. They've suffered a loss. They're feeling some doubts. Once you admit that all these people exist, what else can we do as a church but try to provide a pathway for them? Succeed or not, what else can we do but try to meet those needs? So you're all, you know, inviting these friends. You're inviting coworkers, uh, loved ones. Maybe they came today. You're so excited, I hope. Uh, maybe maybe they, they didn't, and you're praying. Maybe next week will be the week. And some of them are so new to the faith, they wouldn't know Jonah and the whale from Jonah Hill. But you want a place for them here. Uh, some of your friends, uh, they may have had a bad church situation, but they're still filled with the love and a zeal for Christ and amazing gifts, and you want there to be a place for them here. They might be coming with doubt or pain from a very recent loss. They ought to be able to find a home and find friends who are here in the same situation. And if you can help them find their way onto the milestone path, they will. Some of you may sign up for Pathways just for that reason, because you have a friend, you know this would be the right place for them, but they're a little shy, and you can say, you know, if you want to do that Pathways thing, let's do it together. We'll sit at the same table, and then you'll know someone. And, and that's how a lot of us will, will wind up there. So this is the next leg for our spiritual journey. For those who want answers to these questions, what does a Christian do day to day with our gifts and our talents? What does a Christian do with our friends, our family, our children? How do we understand the teachings of Jesus? And how do we pray without awkwardness and boredom? Because I keep hearing that if you live out the teachings of Jesus, your life looks different from other people's. Well, show me how. Show me how. That's what Pathways will be all about. Amen? So, you can sign up for the Pathways journey Actually, right now, if you wanted to, you could take out your phone or your tablet and go to the Lakeland app, and there's a button there for forms, and one of those forms you can click to sign you up for Pathways, and you'd be in. Pathways runs October 16th on Monday nights to November 13th, and it's five uh, nights, and they're kind of standalone. There's a little bit of a thing that links them, but if you could only attend, you know, some of them, 
that's fine. You, it won't be like if you missed the middle two or something, you'd be lost. It's not like that. So each of those could stand by themselves and will give you something on the spiritual journey and answer one of those important questions. So we're all busy, but don't, we don't require 100% attendance. No, no detentions handed out. You know, no gold attendance stars. Unless you want one, I can get that for you. We do hand out stickers. There are milestone stickers. All right. So um, you can sign up for that. If, if using a tablet or a phone app is not your thing, as you exit the sanctuary today, there's a table. And it has a big TV monitor, has the Pathways milestone, has a big cross. You can form a line there and get signed up today for the next step of your milestone journey if this is the right next step for you. Let us stand together and we'll say the good word, the benediction. Next week, we're going to go back into our series, Knowing Jesus Through the Old Testament Laws. We're going to pick some of those hardest to understand laws and see what Jesus had to say about those. Our benediction today comes from England, and uh, it's all about spiritual journeys. So let's say this blessing over one another. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.